What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Sauce Lab Podcast. Today, I've got another episode for you, a continuation of the last episode, if you guys remember what I talked about. And I'm just going to be breaking down my top 10 players at every position. Last week, we did quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver, tight end, and now I'm going to hop in and get the rest of the positions done. I've got them for every single position that includes offensive line, all over the defense, different things like that. So please give it a listen and hear who I've got at top 10 at every position. The Super Bowl is coming up next week. Obviously, this past week, all we saw was the Pro Bowl, which I personally think is just a shit show at this point. The game itself is really not fun, not competitive, but the skills challenges that they have, dodgeball, I'm a big fan of. That new catch competition, super, super fun. Stefan Diggs jumping through a table, hilarious and an ode to Buffalo like no other. It's like probably their equivalent of the slam dunk contest, and it's a lot of fun and I think a really good addition, but I don't know what the NFL can do to make this Pro Bowl more incentivized. I mean, injuries are on the line, so it's very hard to make it so incentivized when an injury is such a big concern, but two-hand touch is just not something that I think any NFL fan wants to see, especially with all these stars in the field. So I'm not even going to really talk about that much for the rest of the episode. So let's start it off with the offensive tackles. Actually, before I get into it, I'm just going to reiterate my rules on how I did the rankings. This is primarily based on what they did last season, just because that's the most recent production that they showed on the field. But it also has to do with where they are all time, their age, their coaching staff, the scheme that they play in, all the different things I really tried to factor in. And this is if I had a blank roster and I could put any one player into that position, this is who I'd put there first, this is who I'd put there second, third, fourth, and so on. Just at this current point right now, coming off of basically the end of the postseason, it's Super Bowl coming up, and I don't think that whatever happens in the Super Bowl game is going to affect my ideas that much. So I'm going to get right into it with offensive tackles. Number one, Trent Williams. Unbelievable contract, but unbelievable player. I think you could argue one of the best tackles seasons that we've seen in the entire decade. 49ers used him like a fullback. They were running him in motion. They had him. He's just so strong and huge, yet also can be flexible and is fast at his position. Unbelievable player. Number two, Tyron Smith of the Cowboys has been a staple there, has dealt with some injuries in the past, but over this past season has clearly shown that he is still a staple on that Cowboys offensive line, and he's really one of the biggest reasons why they're so good year in and year out. Number three, only reason why this guy slid is because of his injury this year, but still an unbelievable force in David Bakhtiari for the Green Bay Packers. So far, left tackle, left tackle, left tackle. It seems like that is definitely the most popular position. Bakhtiari has helped Rod throughout his entire tenure with the Packers, has been so solid in that role, has always been one of the top 10 tackles in the NFL, and just this past season, not this most recent one, but the one before that showed that he was the best tackle in the NFL. This season had an injury and slid down to three, but still elite. Number four, Ryan Ramchek, right tackle for the New Orleans Saints. Also a very, very solid building block. Originally was probably the second best tackle on that team behind a guy that I'm going to get to a little bit later. But Ramchek, still super young, still a lot of time to grow, definitely deserves to be in that spot. Number five, a guy that I think can and will rise up into the top three very, very soon. Only a rookie last year, but has really shown, especially when it was in the playoffs last year, throughout this entire regular season, Tristan Wirfs is a tackle who is here to stay. 
so unbelievable in both the pass game and the run game. He is a mauler and just does not let any edge rushers get that bend of, like around him. He's so, so strong, stands his ground, and definitely deserves to be here. Number six, a guy that's been doing it for a very, very long time. Definitely knocked him up based on his playoff performance so far this season and is definitely just continuing to have this reign over the NFL that has never stopped, and that is Andrew Whitworth of the LA Rams. He's a voice on the offensive line. He's he's older than the friggin' head coach, for God's sake. He's such a leader in that locker room, and is definitely necessary for the Rams to go on the run that they've been having and possibly even win the Super Bowl. Number seven, a guy also, I think, rookie last year, actually went from guard, slid out to tackle, and has been so productive in both roles, and that is Michael Onwenu of the New England Patriots. Uh, just another example of Bill Belichick finding these diamonds in the rough, always getting the most out of his players, and Onwenu is the perfect example. He hasn't gotten a ton of time actually playing with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn being the starting tackles, but due to injuries, he's came in and has done unbelievably in his position. On Winu definitely deserves to be here. Number eight is a guy who used to also be the second best tackle on his team, but I think that after learning in his role, he's really stepped up, came from basically nothing. I think he was a former rugby player. Jordan Maialata has really solidified himself as one of the best tackles in the, in the NFL, played an unbelievable season this year, and was so pivotal to the rushing success. Number one rushing offense in the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a very, very big part of that. Number nine, a guy that I had on my breakout list for this year who I really predicted to have a big jump, and he did exactly that, played unbelievably this season, and that is Colton Miller of the Las Vegas Raiders, really the one bright spot in that offensive line. They cut so many guys, they have so many holes, and I said last year Colton would be their main shining piece, and he did exactly that. He definitely deserves to be here. And then number 10, a guy who's actually hitting the free agency market this offseason, a little bit older and definitely had a down year this season, but still should get a payday and a half on a new team, and that is Teron Armstead, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, but now a free agent for anybody to pick. Now going back on the offensive tackle list, Trent Williams won. Tyron Smith, 2, Bakhtiari, 3, Ramchek, 4, Wurfs, 5, Whitworth, 6, Onwenu, 7, Mailata, 8, Colton Miller, 9, and Teron Armstead, 10. So now we're going to hop right over to guards. I'm definitely speeding through the offensive line a little bit just because for as much as I do know the production of these guys, I haven't done really deep dives into their film or watched them specifically through games, at least compared to guys on the defense and on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm just kind of speeding through this one. Offensive guard number one, another guy, staple, been there for years and has clearly solidified this year that he is the best offensive guard in the NFL, Zach Martin of the Dallas Cowboys. And the guy at number two, who's quietly creeping up there, I think has had the title of best guard in the league for the last three years, but Martin just crept back up there. Still super young, still time to grow, and that is Quentin Nelson of the Indianapolis Colts. He's probably the biggest reason for their rushing success. He, John Taylor needs to buy him a damn Lamborghini for all the pancakes that he's been laying out and letting John Taylor just run around. It's He really does such an amazing job, such a mauler, can pull any and everyone, and definitely deserves to be here. Number three and number four both reside on the same team, interchangeable at three and four, definitely the third and fourth best tackle. That is Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio. Teller last year, probably the best guard, according to PFF, in the NFL. 
uh, Joel Batonio, guy that they got from the New York Giants, who was looked to be this just nice piece to fit in there. But with the Kevin Stefanski run scheme, he's really excelled, especially this year, making all pro team, completely deserves to be there. Teller and Batonio makes up the best guard duo in the NFL by a landslide. Both of these guys definitely deserve to be there. Number five, Ali Marpet of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just another piece on this unbelievable offensive line. They really just keep finding these amazing players. I think he was a late round pick. They definitely found a diamond in the rough with that guy. Ali Marpet has been very consistent over the last couple of years. Got a franchise tag, I think, last year or two years ago. And definitely deserves the bag that he's going to get. Number six, Elton Jenkins, a guy that is so young, so versatile, actually slid out to the tackle position when Bakhtiari got his injury. But then Elton Jenkins ended up following it up with an injury of his own. But before the injury showed that he was such a versatile piece on that offensive line, again, helping Aaron Jones be so productive, helping Aaron Rodgers have the time that he needs in the pocket. When Aaron Rod- when Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari ended up going down with their injuries, Roger just started slinging the ball faster out of his hands and got that release down a lot quicker. But when both of them are in, it is just pristine football. He can wait in the pocket, make all the reads necessary, and just sling it. Love Elton Jenkins. Definitely deserves to be here as well. Number seven, Shaq Mason, also a member of the New England Patriots. Another example, Bill Belichick guy stepped in and has just been a mauler. He is so, so great in the run game, especially helped Damian Harris, helped Ramondre Stevenson, helps all of those Patriots running backs that just come in and easily be so productive. He is a very, very big part of that. Number eight, a guy that is super young, one of my favorite O-linemen in the entire NFL, a guy on the Atlanta Falcons, Chris Lindstrom. Very young, very, very fast and versatile. I think that if he entered a zone scheme type, then he would really, really excel. They don't really utilize that much in the Atlanta offense, but I think that he's going to get a payday very, very soon, whether it's in Atlanta or somebody else. Definitely deserving of it. Had a fantastic year this year, and Chris Lindstrom, definitely a guard that's going to stay in the NFL for the next 10-ish years. Uh, Number nine, Joe Tooney, a guy that also came from New England Patriots, but now went on a big, big free agency signing this offseason by the Kansas City Chiefs. You could honestly argue that Trey Smith, the rookie from this year, was a better offensive lineman on the Chiefs at the guard position than Joe Tooney, but just because of his longevity at the position, his ability to win in the run game so, so easily, I had to put him in the top 10. And the number 10, this one was a little bit hard to find the exact guy that I wanted, but I chose Kevin Zeitler, who now just joined the Baltimore Ravens this past offseason. Another big piece and a big reason to their amazing success in the run game has been so, so great and a very good late pickup for the Baltimore Ravens. I'll, I'll go back. Number one, Zach Martin. Number two, Quentin Nelson. Number three, Wyatt Teller. Number four, Joel Batonio. Number five, Ali Marpet. Number six, Elton Jenkins. Number seven, Shaq Mason. Number eight, Chris Lindstrom. Number nine, Joe Tooney. And number 10, Kevin Zeitler. Now I'm going to move on to center, and then this is going to be the end of the offensive lineman. I know you guys are probably clicking around trying to get your way through this. I just wanted to be thorough and get every single position down. Number one, guy who's been doing it forever, such a staple part of that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, Jason Kelsey, has been doing it forever. Brother of Travis Kelsey is that guy. There's nothing more to say. Wins in the pass game, wins in the run game, is a play caller in his own right, and just helps the Eagles work so, so well. 
Number two, Frank Ragnow of the Detroit Lions. By far the best player on the Detroit Lions. You can honestly argue maybe DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, but this guy has now been doing it ever since he came into the league. First round pick and has really shown why he deserved to go there. Ragnow really, really excels both the pass game and the run game. I love him going forward and right now. He's really going to be a big pivotal part to this Lions rebuild, especially with Penny Sewell on that line as well. Number three, a rookie from this year, a guy who burst onto the scene, who I think should be getting Offensive Rookie of the Year consideration, at least. I know that he's an offensive lineman, but he definitely deserves to be here, and that is Creed Humphrey of the Kansas City Chiefs, a guy that has just came in and immediately looked like a veteran who's been doing it for years, is so great, and gives Patrick Mahomes the time necessary for him to dot up and make those plays both short and long. Big, big part of that Kansas City success. Number four, Ryan Jensen of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you notice, there was a Buccaneer at tackle, at guard, and now at center. All top five. So, such a good offensive line. They all work off of each other. And as just shown, especially in the Super Bowl last year, when they sent the pressure on Patrick Mahomes, he couldn't do anything. And when the Chiefs tried to send the pressure on Tom Brady, they were sturdy like a fucking wall. I love Ryan Jensen. Has been doing it for a while as well. And is really breaking out coming into his own this past season. Number five, also big free agency signing in this past offseason, Corey Lindsley going from the Packers to the LA Chargers. Really, really great move by them. A really great stopper for Justin Herbert and a guy to solidify that offensive line. They definitely still have some work to do on that offensive line, but Lindsley is definitely a great start. Number six, I, I can't, I'm out of breath talking about these New England guys, but David Andrews has to make an appearance here. Has been really, really incredible both this year and over his entire career on the New England Patriots, has shown that he's a solid, solid guy. Rotations can go, can move to guard, can stay at center, and is just always very, very efficient in the run game. Uh, number seven, I've got J.C. Treader. Another guy in that Cleveland Browns offensive line. Just keep, uh, if, if you're realizing, there's so many guys from the same team because I think that they all feed off of each other. Similar to how a receiver feeds off of his quarterback and, and the other way around. Edge rushers help pass rush win rate for a whole team, like all of that. I think that when they're good players on that offensive line, everybody kind of feasts off of each other. J.C. Treader is a perfect example where the entire middle of that Cleveland Browns offensive line is so, so great. Able to get Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, those easy, easy rushes up the middle for six plus yards every single time. Number eight, Ryan Kelly, a really pivotal part on that Indianapolis Colts offensive line as well. Like I said, definitely a top five line in football. Kelly and Nelson are really the biggest reasons for that. Number nine, a guy that has definitely flown heavily under the radar over the past few years, but has been very, very solid, especially since the Tennessee Titans have had their rise, and that is Ben Jones, a veteran who's been in this league for a very long time, but definitely deserves to be in the top 10, get the recognition that he deserves. He's been doing it for a while. A mauler will bite your head off. I love Ben Jones. And number 10, a guy that's definitely on the latter half of his career, definitely falling off a bit, but based on his Hall of Fame type resume and career, I thought that I needed to put him still in the top 10, and that is Rodney Hudson, a guy that was, I think it, it was traded. I was going to say cut from the Las Vegas Raiders, but he was traded from the Las Vegas Raiders to the Arizona Cardinals this year. They really, He really helped out on the offensive line. It was just that veteran presence that could teach guys like DJ Humphreys and other guys on that line. That, that line's pretty thin, but Hudson is definitely the biggest and best part of it. 
Now, I'm going to go into a much better position, I think, that a lot of people would argue. This is definitely a more fun position and definitely one that I had a lot more fun writing. The edge position. So I'm going to start it off with a guy that you guys probably expect to be here at number one all year. I have had the guy who is currently at number two at number one. I thought that he was just the most efficient. But after seeing those sack numbers, his ability to take over a game, I need to put TJ Watt up there. Brother of JJ Watt has really just burst onto the scene. It seems like Mike Tomlin always gets the most out of his defensive players, and this is no exception whatsoever. TJ Watt just always there to get a sack, to get a pressure, and is so, so fast, and his edge bend is so unbelievable and unstoppable that it's so hard for any tackle to contain him in any given game. TJ Watt definitely deserving of this number one spot, especially after the season that he's had. Definitely going to be Defensive Player of the Year this year. I think that there's no question about that at this point. And we got to give it to him. Number two, a guy that I love. I think that he is one of the best players in the NFL, period. So unbelievable at getting to the quarterback, at wreaking havoc on any given play. Some of these plays looks like he's in a fucking Madden simulation glitch where he just bursts so quickly through the offensive line and gets to the quarterback. And I think you guys know who I'm talking about. It is Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. This guy is all over every single play, always wreaking havoc, and and similar to TJ Watt, at any point can take over. Definitely leads in the efficiency grade, but just because he doesn't have those sack numbers yet and really just has the pressures, I'm going to keep him at number two, and if he starts to produce like I'm expecting him to, I think that he could be like a pivotal part in the playoffs. Say that the Browns go on a uh, crazy run and they switch at quarterback, Garrett can be a game changer in the playoffs as well, so I definitely am excited for him to see that when the Browns have get good. Garrett has to be number two. Number three, a guy that was drafted so high and has proven why exactly from the jump, this dude in his first year made it all the way to the Super Bowl as arguably one of the best players on the Super Bowl defense. And that guy is Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. This year had a slower start to the beginning half of the season, but during the second half of the season has made his name clear in the defensive player of the year candidacy. He continuously gets to the quarterback so fast, so elusive, has that bend that you want in a player, and just is an athletic freak. I I love him going forward. I love him right now, and I think that he's a consistent guy in this league for the next 10, 15 years, no doubt about it. Number four is a guy who, if I could tell you the exact personality traits of an edge rusher, a guy that like looks like he's snarling at the mouth like he has rabies, a guy that it looks like he always wants to rip your head off, that really came into his own this year and went from this rising star guy to a clear, clear best edge player in the entire league conversation, and that is Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders. He has played an unbelievable season this year, really helping out Yannick Ngakwe, and Ngakwe helps him out as well, but just always it seems like he's showing up, showing out. Actually, this last weekend, like I said, the Pro Bowl was so shitty, except he was the only one that really seemed like he was there to play. He was there to wreak some havoc, got a couple swats, a couple sacks. Really nice for Max Crosby. I love that tenacity. Number five, brother of number three, Joey Bosa of the LA Chargers. Another guy drafted unbelievably high, a great prospect coming out of college, and has proven why as soon as he hit the scene. Bosa is, both of those brothers 
are complete freaks in nature. There's nothing really else to say other than you could put him anywhere and he'll get to the fucking quarterback regardless. Definitely doesn't have the coverage skills necessary, but that's not what he's there for. He's there to get to the quarterback and wreak havoc consistently, and that is exactly what he does. Number six is a guy that definitely had a worse second half of the season, but based on his output over the last 10 years and his output in the first half of the season this year, I definitely need to put him up in the top 10. Actually, as high as number six, veteran who has been doing it for a while, used to be on the New England Patriots, made the move over to the Arizona Cardinals, and that guy is Chandler Jones. Starting the season off with a five-sack game, it says it all. He knows how to get to the quarterback, so smart, very high football IQ, and just seems like he always knows how to make the right play at the right time. I love Chandler Jones, freak of nature as well, can just bull rush and from anywhere. I feel like he's not as elusive and fast, but definitely is so great at getting inside the blocks and getting to your quarterback. Chandler Jones definitely deserves to be here. Number seven, another guy that appeared on my breakout list for this year and proved me right. I think that he only has room to grow. Seven is a very low spot for him going forward, and I think that he is undoubtedly going to continue to climb and climb and climb on these rankings, and that is Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers. I think you could argue maybe the fastest edge player in the entire NFL just is lanky, like doesn't have this fat body and seems like he could play just stand-up linebacker, yet is so fast and so great at getting the quarterback using his crazy swim moves and spin moves and stuff like that. Burns definitely deserves to be here and will be here for a long time going forward, I think. Number eight, Cam Jordan, a staple for the New Orleans Saints, has been there forever. I think that this year it might become a question mark whether he's going to stay or not, just because it seems like the Saints are in cap hell, Sean Payton left, different things like that. But after his output this past year, his output over the last three, five years, Pro Bowl level at a consistent, consistent rate, Cam Jordan definitely deserves to be here. Number nine, a guy probably you could argue one of the best free agency signings of the entire offseason. I'm really getting so tired of talking about these New England Patriots players, but here they are again. Matt Judon really came in from the Baltimore Ravens and wreaked havoc. I thought that he'd be just a solid guy, and his last year on the Baltimore Ravens actually took a step down, in my opinion, and I said wherever he goes, he'll just be a very solid second-edge rusher, and I was proved completely wrong. Sack numbers were off the chart this year. Definitely helped that Patriots defense be a top-five unit in the NFL. I love Matt Judon. And I think that he, as long as he stays in that Bill Belichick scheme with the amazing corners, the amazing linebackers, the smart guys all over the field, Judon should continue his rise and continue to be a top 10 edge rusher for the next couple of years. And then number 10, another younger guy who really bro- broke onto the scene, especially in the later half of the season and into the playoffs, Rashawn Gary of the Green Bay Packers, another guy super fast, uh, actually I think that he is is definitely on the faster side, but could slide from a 3-4 right outside linebacker down to a 4-3 end. I think that that would make him do even better than he is now. Rashawn Gary, definitely a guy that's going to stay on this list for a long time. My list, just going back over, TJ Watt, number one, Miles Garrett, number two, Nick Bosa, number three, Max Crosby, number four, Joey Bosa, number five, Chandler Jones, number six, Brian Burns, number seven, Cam Jordan, number eight, Matt Judon, number nine, and Rashawn Gary, number 10. Now, I'm I'm moving through this quickly just because I want to get through these all in this episode if I possibly can. Interior defensive lineman, this guy is that guy. 
best player in the NFL, in my opinion, undoubtedly wreaks the most havoc on any given basis, is in the conversation for a top five defensive player of all time with his accolades, his ability to take over a game, his size, he's proven everybody wrong. They thought that he was too undersized in the draft, and all he showed, he puts in the work, maybe the biggest gym rat in the entire NFL, in the entire sports world. I don't really know anybody. He's definitely in the top five for that. That has to be Aaron motherfucking Donald. He is that guy, and I think, like I said in the last episode, he's going to show himself very, very heavily in the Super Bowl. I really want this to be a career-defining game where he gets three, four sacks, a forced fumble, and comes away with Super Bowl MVP. Would be incredible to see from Aaron Donald. Love him. Love the entire Rams defense. The McVay ran scheme. I know that he works on the offense, but just everybody on the Rams seems to feed off of each other, and all the guys in the front seven feed off of Aaron Donald's triple teams, and even though he gets triple teamed, still breaks through it on a consistent basis. Aaron Donald, clear number one. Number two, a guy that has been a veteran in this league, definitely been hovering in the top 10, top 5 range, but this year really just broke out completely, showed why he is still there, still getting the contract that he deserves in his 30s. Cameron Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers, another example of Mike Tomlin always getting the most out of his guys on defense. On that defensive line, doesn't, like I've said before, doesn't have much speed or bend or whatever, but just eats up runs, eats up blocks, gets to the quarterback, is really unbelievable player, and Cameron Hayward definitely deserves to be here. Number three, Jonathan Allen of the Washington Commanders. This is actually the first time that I've said this live. They've now officially changed their team to the Washington Commanders. Jonathan Allen, definitely a very, very big part of this line has been steadily improving throughout his entire career. A very short career, but has been steadily improving, 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 and this year really broke out and had a Pro Bowl-type season. He is so great, like I said, eating blocks, getting pressure up the middle, which is just so hard to do on a consistent basis. Jonathan Allen definitely deserving to be here. Number four, another guy who has been doing it for a while, definitely been doing it longer than Jonathan Allen, but Jonathan Allen just had a better season this year. DeForest Buckner traded for a pick that ended up turning into Javon Kinlaw, originally from the 49ers, was a part of that defense that made it to the Super Bowl got traded to the Indianapolis Colts, and he has been a staple for that defense. Underratedly, a top 10 defense for the past three years. Darius Leonard and him really just wreak havoc on a consistent basis. Buckner can get up in there, both in the run game and in the pass game, and just shows why he is such a game changer on any given game. He could be that guy that is getting here quarterback all the time. Number five, another guy that we've seen in the spotlight a lot just because of how great his team is. A lot of people don't credit the defense as much as they should, and he is the biggest reason why you should give credit to that defense, and that is Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. Such a great player. He e eats up double teams for breakfast. He can get to the quarterback. He can stop runs. I, I think he's honestly a better pass rush guy on the interior of the defensive line than he is a run defense guy, but he is definitely a big, big reason for the Chiefs' success and the ability to keep Ma Patrick Mahomes so sustained as a top quarterback is that that defense steps up when necessary, and Chris Jones is the anchor. Number six, a guy that also burst onto the scene this year. Definitely younger guy, but this year has shown I was originally so low on the Tennessee Titans defense, and him and Harold Landry have pulled up 
and said, no, no, we are that defense. We're going to get it done. And Jeffrey Simmons is that guy. Played unbelievable in the Bengals game, even though they ended up losing that one. Has had great sack numbers, great pressure numbers, great run-stopping numbers. All of it, it's everything that you want in a defensive lineman. And he is going to get a payday and a half very, very soon. Number seven, another guy that moved up my rankings a lot because of his playoff performance. A lot of people are crediting Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and guys on that offense. But as I've said before, their defense is so, so underrated. And a very big piece of that is DJ Reader, a guy that originally came from the Texans, didn't have much success there, came to the Bengals as just an insurance guy, and has stepped it up a ton this season unbelievable run stuffer and doesn't allow anything to come on the inside on halfback draws and things like that. Really, really great player and just a force of nature in the inside. Number eight is Vita Vea, another unbelievable player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been up and down and up and down, has a couple injuries throughout his career, but when he's on the field, he tore it up in the Super Bowl, tore it up in the whole playoffs last year, and continue to do incredibly throughout this regular season. Vita Vea definitely deserves to be here. Number nine, sadly, the only Jet that I have on the entire list, but definitely deserves to be here because of his pass rush win rate, his run win rate, Everything about him screams, gonna get better, gonna get better, gonna get better. Quinnen Williams of the Jets, he is so, so great. I get the opportunity to watch him on a consistent basis, and it seems like he wreaks havoc very, very often from a position where it doesn't really happen. So I'm very happy to see that a Jet deserves to be on here for sure. And number 10, a guy that another guy that's been doing it for a very long time and just seems to never slow down, gets better with age like a fine wine. It is Akeem Hicks of the Chicago Bears. He is so, so great. Another guy not so fast but can really stuff your run on any given play, crowds that box, and makes it so hard for the quarterback to make his reads when Hicks is coming out from the outside. So I really love that one. Interior defense. Defensive lineman recap, Aaron Donald 1, Cameron Hayward 2, Jonathan Allen 3, DeForest Buckner 4, Chris Jones 5, Jeffrey Simmons 6, DJ Reader 7, Vita Vea 8, Quinnen Williams 9, and Akeem Hicks 10. The next position was definitely very hard to do because a guy that I have very, very early on, actually at number one in this list, people argue that he plays another position, but he was drafted at this position, only a rookie this past year, and I think that he plays more middle linebacker and coverage linebacker than he does edge rusher, but he still deserves to be here based on his versatility and ability to play the edge position and the linebacker position. I had to put him at one, put him at where he's listed on the depth chart. Sue me if you want, but that is where I feel like he fits, and he can also play the edge if necessary. But Micah Parsons, the best linebacker in the NFL, proven that this year, has been the biggest and most pivotal part of the Cowboys defense going from way below average to way above average this past season. Trayvon Diggs is also hats off to him. He was a big help as well. But Micah Parsons got consistent pressure. I do think that he hasn't seen as many double teams as he somebody who's been in the league for a while and has really consistently shown that they are a very solid edge rusher in this league. He kind of came out of nowhere. But this year, based on his performance, you cannot not put him at this position. Definitely deserves to be the number one linebacker in the NFL. 
Number two, guy that I love so, so much, has been one of my favorite players, was on the San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl losing roster, still consistently showed that year was his breakout year, and it has been that guy ever since. Played amazing in this year's playoffs, seems to have the coverage skills like no other, tackling skills like no other. You know the name, Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers. Definitely deserves to be here. Still very young and only has room to grow. I see him being on this list for the next 10 years. Next guy, I have been debating whether I should put him one, two, or three. He ultimately missed the cut just because of the amazing playoff performance of Fred Warner and the amazing breakout nature of Micah Parsons. But Darius Leonard has been that guy for the past three years, broke out on the scene as a second-round pick, and has been so efficient in that Matt Eberflus defense for the Indianapolis Colts. Can cover like no other, can tackle like no other, can get to the quarterback like no other. Is really a do-it-all guy and I think will also be on this list for a very, very long time. That Colts defense has a lot of underrated talent. Kenny Moore, DeForest Buckner, Bobby Okereke, and especially Darius Leonard. Guy that, in my opinion, should have even been in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year just because of his consistency and ability to wreak havoc on any game. Has a ton of picks, ton of tackles, ton of really, really important plays, and definitely could slide up into that one position very, very soon. Number four, a guy that's been doing it for a while, definitely took a small fall off, but he still is the anchor of the defense. Bobby Wagner of the Seattle Seahawks is a ball hawk, is a tackling specialist, can do it all, and I would love to take him on my team any given day with his insight of being on the Legion of Boom. He grew up with that defense. He has stayed in the Pete Carroll defensive scheme and has really excelled year in and year out. Definitely showing that he's definitely on the decline, so I don't expect him to be in the top 10 for too much longer. But as of right now, Wagner definitely deserves to be here. Number five, X-Jet used to be the biggest fan of this guy. Hated to see him leave, but loved to see him excel even more out of his position on the New York Jets, and that is Demario Davis of the New Orleans Saints. Guy who can cover like no other, but really is just a tackling specialist. If you catch the ball in the middle of the field in space, he is going to wrap up 100%. Is such a vocal leader, has been a veteran in the NFL for a very, very long time, and is a big part of the New Orleans Saints' defensive efficiency and success over the last decade. Number six, another very young guy who I expect to be on this list for a very long time, Roquan Smith, led the NFL in tackles this past season. If I'm correct, it might have been Denzel Perryman, but I know that he was very, very high on that list. Roquan, great in pass coverage. Uh, Actually, solid enough in pass coverage. Isn't really elite in pass coverage, but definitely can make the tackle, can run up in the box and take out your running back completely. He is really a great player, and I expect him to continue rising on this list for a while. Number seven, this guy broke out on the scene, maybe the most unexpected player to be on this list going into this year. I don't think anybody had him being as good as he was this past year, especially with him being a very, very late free agency pickup, and that is Devondre Campbell. He has bounced around, been this veteran in the league who really hasn't found his way, and now goes to the Green Bay Packers and solidifies and mans up that defense. Also a tackling specialist, can shut down the run, can shut down the pass, and has been so, so great this year. Very deserving of all pro. Number eight, another veteran who's been in the league for a while, mans the defense on a super successful defense, was a very, very pivotal part of the Super Bowl run, and that is Levante David of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, so great. So, so smart. 
great in tackling, great in pass coverage, does everything that you want out of a linebacker. Number nine, Eric Kendricks. This is a guy that I've been up and down about, had a couple injury-ridden years, and the Vikings altogether haven't really had that that much success on the defensive side of the ball, but Kendricks definitely deserves to be here. So fast, elusive, can cover, can tackle. He is one of the lone bright spots. It's really him, Daniil Hunter, and Harrison Smith on that defense, and the rest are garbage cans. But not not here to shit on the Vikings. Here to praise Eric Kendricks. Definitely deserves to be here. Been a top five, top ten linebacker over the last couple of years, and has still proven that he is very efficient. And then number ten, this guy didn't have such an unbelievable year this year, but just based on his consistent success, based on his smarts, based on his IQ, based on what he's done throughout his entire career, Donta Hightower again of the New England Patriots deserves to be here, has to be. He gets it done on a very consistent basis. So now I'm going to just go back and give you my list of the linebackers. Number one, Michael Parsons. Number two, Fred Warner. Number three, Darius Leonard. Four, Bobby Wagner. Five, Demario Davis. Six, Roquan Smith. Seven, Devondre Campbell. Eight, Levante David. Nine, Eric Hendricks. And ten, Donta Hightower. All right. I know that I continue to say that I want to get this done in this episode, but I guess we're just going to have to cut it. My computer is only at 5% battery, and for some reason, it does not let me use the microphone and the charging port at the exact same time, so I'm going to have to sadly sign off for this episode. I'm going to be giving you guys corners, safeties, and then quickly doing kickers and punters in my next week's episode. It is going to be a Super Bowl recap, talk about the main highlights, the analyze just the entire game, what went right, what went wrong, the reason why Joe Burrow is still that guy, the reason why Matt Stafford is now going to be in the Hall of Fame. Who knows what it's going to really be about, but I'm very excited to get that out to you. So excited to watch the People's Super Bowl. I, everybody's been asking me, Jason, who's your official pick? I said, if I had to put money on it, still the Rams, but my list of players that I would love to see win a Super Bowl ring are Odell Beckham, Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Von Miller again, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Logan Wilson, DJ Reader, um, Chidobi Awuzie, Jesse Bates. There are so many guys on both teams that I think are so fun and so deserving of a ring on their accolades list. I love both teams, and I'm rooting for just a great game altogether. I'll see you guys next week for my post-game analysis and for the end of the football season. I love talking to you guys. I love spitting knowledge, and have a great week. Peace.